this isn't going as well as I thought, but I was fortunately able to be an SEC academic All-American. And that was just a, a confidence booster of, you can do this. <laughs> the hours are long. The mornings are early. The nights are late. But there is light in the tunnel and there is success when hard work meets talent. From the University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories most people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Ryan Coleman. Ryan is a senior program manager at Salesforce. He sat down recently on a visit to Alabama to talk about his own personal journey and some of the different aspects he definitely prides himself in graduating with from Alabama. I hope you enjoy part one of our two-part series. How are you doing today, Ryan? Doing well, excited to be here. Always excited to be back on campus and see everything going on. Of course. So do you mind me asking why you're back on campus this time? So I'm back today for a conference during Black History Month for our co-house African-American Alumni Association. We're working with students to work on interviewing skills or working on career fair things. But it's just an exciting opportunity to celebrate the black history that our University of Alabama Business School has. So it's always fun to come back. But this one means a bit more. So I'm excited. And are you yourself presenting during this conference? Yeah, so I have the opportunity to speak on a panel of professionals that are speaking on what to do during your first six months on the job. So give more of that career feedback and advice to students who are about to go out into corporate America or those students who are thinking about, hey, I'm in my first job for six months. What's it going to look like? What's the feel? What's the nature? So I'm hoping we can lean in and share a bit of advice there to the students today. I think that's phenomenal. And we've met a few times. You come back on campus quite regularly. Is that something you like to do just to have it or just to give back to the university? Yeah, I think it's uh, I love coming back to campus because it's it's Tuscaloosa. It's beautiful. The people are great. I had an incredible experience at the business school. And because of that experience, it's afforded me the opportunities I've had in my career. So uh, I want to give back. I think it makes me feel better about myself to give back just honestly. And then I like to see that I'm helping others with opportunities and think of the things that they can experience just based off of my experience that I had. So I love coming back, working with students, volunteering, giving my time. It's uh, it's always fun. It's yeah. never a boring moment being on campus, working with students. There's always something fun going on. Of course. And we always love having you back on campus. It's always great to connect with our alumni that are you know, doing <laughs> yeah. well in their lives. We'll take a step back and talk about your personal journey to Alabama. Where did you grow up and how did you end up coming to Alabama yourself? Yeah, so good question. So I grew up in Alabaster, Alabama, and I've always known about the University of Alabama. Both of my parents attended school here. My sister attended school here. I've got several aunts that came here. So Alabama was everything growing up. And I was fortunate when I was graduating high school, I had an athletic scholarship and scholarship and academic scholarship. And Alabama was one of those schools. I thought I was going to go elsewhere. But once you get down here on a visit, it's really contagious. It's You fall in love with it. I had seen, been to football games and everything growing up. But then I was like, it got real when I was like, I'm going to be here myself, not just looking through the lens of visiting or any of those things. And got through that chapter and landed here and was enjoyed every moment of it. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty cool journey. I've been able to see Alabama, I feel like, at every stage of life and excited to see where it continues to grow. That's awesome. And what sport did you play in high school? So I ran track. Track okay. was one of those things. I hate running. I'll be completely honest. <laughs> but it worked out that I was good at it. And when you're evaluating college and someone says, hey, you have an opportunity to compete in this sport and earn money towards your scholarship. It's one of those conversations you don't really have with your parents because it's like, 
you should probably do this. And it worked out where I was able to come here and compete on the University of Alabama track team for a few years. And it was such an incredible learning experience because that amount of curriculum and just intensity that you learn at the age of 18, you can't get that from many other places. So it really taught me hard work, persistence. And I took the learnings I got from honestly athletics into everything I've done afterwards and especially my career, but uh, incredible, incredible opportunity, exciting time. And I'm always thankful that I got to do it at one of the most elite athletic schools. I don't think I was that great of an athlete, but I, I was able to to compete here and, and do a few things. Yeah, that's all that matters. So what's, what events did you do yourself? So I did the 100, the four by one and the indoor 60 meter. I was a sprinter. Okay. I'm not fast now. I do, I do more distance things now just to make sure my muscles will work for as long as possible. But when I came here, I was doing spring. So it was, uh, it was fun, but not as fast anymore. Yeah, of course. And you touched on something really important to Alabama. Obviously our athletics are one of the best in the country. I'd say, obviously we're known for, Almost every sport, we sort of like yeah. you know, a champion school in a way. But one thing I've found a lot of people that talk to that are participate in athletics, but also the academics, the balance is so hard to achieve, you know, both what you want to inside of athletics, but also maintain a high GPA, you know, be able to learn while you're still participating in sport. Did you find yourself struggling at that balance or did you find yourself sort of hitting the groove and being able to work with all these different inputs coming in? Because Sports is a full-time job when you're D1. That's a great question. So the way it worked out for me, I was a walk-on that earned a scholarship while I was here. So it was like I'd had conversations with the coaches coming here like, hey, if you do well, whatever, you can earn a scholarship as a walk-on. And fortunately, it worked out. So for me, it just meant more. I felt like I had to work hard in both categories in order to get that scholarship, in order to be able to support my financial needs while I was here, in order to take that weight off my parents so, yeah, it was extremely hard, but it was such a goal for me that I kept that front and center the entire time. And, yes, there are definitely times where I was like, ah, this isn't going as well as I thought. But I was fortunately able to be an SEC academic All-American. And that was just a, a confidence booster of you can do this. <laughs> the hours are long. The mornings are early. The nights are late. But there is light in the tunnel and there is success when hard work meets talent. So it's uh, it was a process. but. A great question. That was the one that I really try to keep front and center the entire time because my parents are huge on academics. Mm-hmm. Athletics was always their bonus. Like, if you're good at that, cool. But you need to be able to be the best at school. That's what's going to help you in the long run. That's what's going to get you where you want to be ultimately. And what area did you choose to study in undergrad here at Alabama? Yeah, so I actually came to school in mechanical engineering. And I was actually – sitting in class and we were talking about rockets and propulsion, all this stuff. And I was like, this might be the most boring thing to me. (laughs) I think it's for other students. Don't get me wrong. They were loving it. I was just kind of like, I would rather learn about making money or something. So I immediately transferred over to the business school my freshman year and was taking classes. And I loved all the conversations from economics and everything like that. And then I was excited about the courses I was going to take legal studies at the time because I thought I was going to be a lawyer. It was super exciting to me and some of those things. But yeah, I started off in engineering, ended up in the business school, which I think was my love and where I should have been at first anyway. And that's where I stayed and then ultimately ended up getting my MBA. So really loved the business side of things, really loved every aspect of it. A lot of people 
at least professionally, it's always been, hey, get your grad or get your undergrad degree and then wait a couple of years, work, you know, three to five years and come back to get your master's. Why did you choose to get that path of going right for your MBA and sort of just, I can say biting the bullet, but spending an extra two years in school solidifying that master's degree yourself? I think it's a really good question. So for me, and I think it's a personal decision for everyone, I feel like I was lacking that analytical tool that I needed in my bag. I, my undergrad was focused on management and marketing, but I had analytical skills. Like I love numbers, always have, but I went more to that route because I wanted to be more creative. So I actually did the opposite. I was like, I need the marketing to understand why brands do this, why they do that. But the more I learned about the job market and where it was going, MIS, so the management information systems, data analytics was coming bigger. And we had a program, one of the few in the country that had a master's in it, a dual master's. And so I was getting recruited in that program. And what they didn't know is I was already sold. I was like, I need that skill. I need to understand what coding is. I need to understand data analysis. What is a data lake? How are these, how are these things going to shape the business world and the world overall moving forward? And the MBA program gave me that extra boost that I needed to get that tool in my bag. So that's really how I evaluated it. And even when I interviewed places, I'll be honest with you, I interviewed at Accenture and the guy was like, it was a, it was a good interview. And usually when people say it's a good interview and they pause, you know, you're not getting the job. But he was like, we usually look for people with more years of experience before they get their MBA. You got your MBA and came right to Accenture to interview and I was like, it's it's a good point. But I also got the opposite end of that with PwC, where they were like, you've already got this level of knowledge. That's great because we can train you on these other things, but you know how to be front present. You know how to communicate. You've gone through these courses that most of our entry-level employees have never even heard of. So I think it's one of those things. It's a personal decision that there's no right or wrong answer. I have a lot of friends who went straight through. I've had a lot of friends who got five to 10 years of experience who've gone back and it's been a, a game change experience for them to get their MBA. It really just comes down to the decision that's best for you in your, in your career. I think something that both you and I actually have a very common experience with was the ability to pay for grad school by working as a graduate assistant. Mm -hmm. That position, at least I have, and you also had was oh, yeah. working for housing and residential communities as a community director. Could you talk about that time and sort of some of the lessons you learned through that position? Yeah. So housing and residential communities at a school like the university of Alabama is nothing that you would ever know about until you actually do the role. So think about yourself as a freshman, some of the things you and your friends did, some of the things you and your friends saw, and think about when you left, there had to be someone to take care of that. <laughs> like, So it's so funny to think about when I think about my leadership experiences and the situations I've had to manage and resolve and the, conversa the hard conversations I've had to have, all that foundation came from housing. I've had to meet with parents whose kids were going out of school parents whose kids have gotten involved in the wrong thing, made the wrong friends, who aren't going to class, who just need the extra boost, who've gotten to campus and their experience has not been like they thought it would be. A lot of those same things translate into the real world and conversations you have. So I think those are some of the major lessons I learned. It's like <laughs> it, I had to grow up like having these tough conversations in housing or residential communities with students who are 18 and older. That is a life-changing experience, for better or worse. And it has immensely impacted how I think about conversations I have. And honestly, the empathy. Because working with so many people from different backgrounds in housing and residential communities, people from all over the world, every ethnicity, every income level, 
societal means, every conversation I had was different. And I had to be empathetic and sympathetic to where they're from, what they've experienced, what they're seeing on campus, because this campus is changing. So honestly, I brag about that experience to everyone. I thought I was going to hate it. I even told people because my sister was a residential advisor. So her experiences made me not want the job of like how the things she went through. But after going through it, I was like, these interviews for corporate American stuff are breeze. They're not harder than watching students living in one dorm, learning how to be adults. Yeah. Nothing's harder than that. No, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal experience. It's something a lot of people don't realize is a position on campus, but with over 8,000 residents that live on campus at Alabama, it's a huge organization with a lot of different intricate parts that until you're in it, you don't know about it, just like you said. Yeah. Coming back to the professional side, you currently work at Salesforce. Mm-hmm. A lot of people see this company and think it's you know amazing. It's, it's a sort of aspirational company to work at. It's hard to get to because obviously it's a hard process to get recruited into, but also land a job, even if you get started in the interview process. How did you find yourself getting connected to Salesforce and eventually landing the job out of the MBA program? Yeah, great question. I think networking is the word that everyone always hears, but every role and promotion I've received in my career so far has been the result of my network. It's been the result of having genuine, authentic conversations with people and having those relationships. So I got to Salesforce because one of my closest friends from Alabama was currently working there. It's super funny. I was traveling during the pandemic because my job at the time was counted as essential. I was I hated my job. I was ready to do something different. Everyone was at home. I was on a plane with a mask on, fully covered, worried about the next day. And I text her like, hey, there's this role online I just saw posted five minutes ago. I was watching LinkedIn like a hawk. And I was like, I went ahead and applied for it. I'm ex- I'm looking for a new role. And I was like, do you know anything about this? Fortunately, she texted back like 10 minutes later and said, oh my God, that's the lady who's hiring for the role hired me for my first job. She was like, I can slack her right now and text her if you'd like me to. I was like, yes, please. She sends a message. I kid you not. I went through an interview process about three days later that lasted two weeks. Then I had the role. So That's how I was able to get to Salesforce because of that person. But I will tell you, she is like the symbol of what Salesforce stands for because everyone's like that. They are super friendly, accommodating, willing to help you. It's all about how can they assist you in your career development and how can they grow and learn from you with that relationship. And even now we have a close relationship and it's something I've adopted since being at Salesforce where when someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn or messages me, I'm always like, I want to respond because someone responded to me. And that's how I got to this point. So I like to pay it forward or even pay it back, depending on how you think about it. So it's it's uh, Salesforce has been fun, but I can't thank my network enough for even allowing me to get to that point where it became a legitimate opportunity. I think it's a great point. Sort of that whole mantra network is your net worth. Yeah, it really is. It's like every role, even my first role out of the MBA program was because of another University of Alabama student from the MBA program that landed at that same company the year before Mm. who recruited me and kind of changed my whole career path to where I thought I was going to go. And then from there, we, myself and a few other people that were recruited by her recruited another group of students. Mm. And you like to see to that line of like giving back. And it means more to me when it's Alabama students, I go out of my way to make sure that they get the jobs they want, get the opportunities they want and that we are connecting with one another because it's, it's our alumni network. That's what makes it so cool. That's Ryan Coleman, Senior Program Manager at Salesforce. 
And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.